Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-5 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Every week we bring to you video game music. From all consoles and all generations, we pick a topic, we pick some tracks, and we discuss it. All multiverse locales. Yeah. Don't every, matter. It doesn't matter. The the alternate Purnell, every version of Purnell is perfect. What if Yuzo Koshiro composed music in a way that was similar to Motui Sakuraba? <laughs> There's another dollar for you, Mike Myers. What if, what if, what if Tim Fallen composed for Konami? Hey, what, what if? What if indeed? What if? That would be... I wish I was thinking that existed. <laughs> like, there was like this whole area of the Gamerverse or music cover Gamerverse where people were doing like covers based off of what someone would sound like in X condition. That would be pretty fun to come across, honestly. So if anybody out there is listening is like, oh yeah, there is a thing where someone did a remix of a track based off of a guy sounding like another guy. Let me know. Let Rob know. Let me know. Because if if something's going to sound like Tim Fallen, I want to hear it. If something's going to sound like Tim Fallen... From 1988, I want to hear it. If something's going to sound like Tim Fallen being his brother Jeff Fallen, I just made that up, by the way. But I want to hear His brother's name is Jeff Fallen. Nailed it. I want to hear it. (laughs) How do you spell Jeff? G-O-F-F. There you go. I only knew that because you asked me to spell it. There's only two ways to spell Jeff. (laughs) And so it had to be with the G, right? Yes. All right. Only other way is the one that makes no sense. Oh, man. So um, so, uh, if you're a fan of the show... Um, and you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels, and there you get access to weekly prequel episodes, and you also get access to a live streamed Patreon exclusive episode, which is today. And I am not going to play Spelunky 2 on this one because I have not been sleeping. Oh, that would be bad. Your brain would go into different directions. Yeah, normally I can do four things at once, but today I'm limited to like two or three. You, you would split into the multiverse is what would happen. I would. Yeah, that, I if, would. if anyone knows how, how that how to do that, that's how you do it. <laughs> Don't sleep. Try to multitask. And play Switch. Um, but yeah, so uh, what happens is we record an episode for a live Patreon audience. But the episode gets edited and you know, and into our normal release schedule anyway. It's just a lot of fun. So we have we have a we have a chat full of listeners that can make jokes with us, and we make jokes with them. We have um, visual gags that can occur during the show. That they'll watch us fumble. You may want, yeah. You can see us fumble over blinds. I mean lines. There you go. Where you go? You screwed everything. Edit. That's it. Edit. Cut. All right. Let me go back. <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway um, <laughs> our listener Cameron Worma says um, a Tim Fallen Castlevania soundtrack. And the odd part is, I read that and immediately was like a Tim Fallen Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. A Tim Fallen Christmas. Hey, we'd all be happy. We'd be bopping at least. Maybe we can make a, spe- a very special Christmas episode for Ed called the Tim Fallen Christmas. But now I was thinking just like Tim Fallon come do like doing covers and remixes of all the famous Christmas songs. Ooh. With a with some heavy arpeggiation for now. Exactly. Yeah. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas done by Tim Fallon. It'd be great. Have your <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, saw, I suddenly thought cool. I could do the Silver Surfer music with my mouth, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> but the important part is you try. <laughs> 
I like these. Yeah, I like all these suggestions people were throwing this up there. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Motoe Sakuraba composed a, a Shin Megami Tensei music. Motoe Sakuraba, for now. I would be surprised <laughs> if he actually has, to be perfectly honest with you. There's probably a track or two out there in limbo. Yeah, like, I, you know, I was a fan of the franchise, so I just did this thing. <laughs> um, have you been playing anything uh, uh, new recently? Um, that, that, would, that Of note. Of note. Actually, I did start Psychonauts 2 last night. Mm. Um, I don't want to say some of the other ones, though I may as well, because I'll just bring them up later anyway, because they're going to end up on the... Yeah, break the NDA for now. No, there's no NDA. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be two episodes that come up later on in the year. There's going to be the games that were beaten during the Summer Games Challenge, mm-hmm. but then there's also going to be the game started... <laughs> During the Summer Games Challenge, because I can tell you right now, I started a lot of games this summer, <laughs> but I've beaten very few. But I believe I will have beat by the time summer ends, which is September 22nd. Yes, I'm going to the exact date. Um, I'm hoping to actually will have beaten enough games to actually have a pick all the picks counted for. So that would be interesting. Oh, that's good. So that would be uh, that, that's, that's a feat in itself. But games I've played that were not intended to be on the summer games challenge. Psychonauts 2, Orbabots, what did Jibber, some game called Rims Racing, which annoyed me. Like we were to get, the request came through. It was like, you want to review this game called Rims Racing? And I was like, well, I'm really tired of racing, like bike racing sim games. They're boring to me. I will only. I only want it oh, if like, it's like, got like, an arcade like, mode. You mean like trials? No, no. Trials is fun, despite being frustrating. I mean, like Sims, where it's like you gotta make a schedule, you gotta tune your bike, oh, and you gotta oh, oh, oh. you gotta turn, you gotta lean just far enough where you'll tip over, and if you drive slightly off the track, you get a time penalty. How many oh, games are like that? Surprisingly, quite a few. I've reviewed a number of them, and I they don't sound like them. Perfect to me. No, a perfect world of you can't even bicycle get simulation. You're not going to play a game. Where you got to fine tune a bike. Come on. You are so right. Pernod. I know I'm right. They think about like the game came back. It was like here's they sent the code, but they didn't <laughs> clarify. That means it's definitely a sim. I'm going to trash this game. And then the game came through. I played a bit of it. I was like, you know. It's disingenuous to trash it because it's not a bad game, but I am going to say that I didn't like it personally. That's fine. But I can then objectively describe it and talk about it, and that's uh, what I did. You're the game to the wrong prison. Um, yeah, so I was hanging out with my cousin this weekend, and she gave me, um, she was like, hey, you got to check out um, Octopath Traveler. Oh, that game is great. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so cool. And then um, she just gave me Owl, Owl, Owl. You got an Owl? Owlscape, Owl. Who? Owl, Owl. Who? Oh. Who? Garsh. Garsh. <laughs> okay, Garsh. Mickey. <laughs> Goofy I was, like, I was like trying to think of a, of a not of a, of a not curse word and I end up with Garsh. <laughs> what garsh. happened there? Um, oh, gosh. Owlboy. Owlboy. Um, also an amazing game, but I didn't want to pick it up because I was going to want to play it. That's, that game has been on my wish list forever, but like there's been so many other things in the way that I wanted to do. Um, so... I love hearing about what you're playing because I don't play anything. For that, now. And that's why I think when we do the games completed challenge, that's going to be a funny episode for what picks you bring to the table. I, it's been it's been it has been a busy time, a busy family time for me. So I haven't had a lot of opportunity um, to get back into Persona. I will finish it. I have a feeling I'm going to finish it like in an evening, um, in multiple evenings, maybe multiple evenings, maybe an evening into the daytime. 
like that's ever going to happen. Anyway, um, so we are continuing our um, our last topic. I, I, I love doing this now where we have our, our Patreon episode where we ask for suggestions. So again, you don't have to be a Patreon member. If you're just a listener and you would like to suggest music for an episode or for this special kind of call-in episode, um, just send us an email at rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And we'll just take them. But I love doing these where there are continuations of previous episodes. Which, by the way, just hearing it right now, the next topic is going to be games you played this summer because that's just oh, how it's no. going to line oh, up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it oh, is. No. Oh, oh no. it is. Oh, oh. It will be the Patreon Are topic. Are we done? Are, oh, the next Patreon episode. Next Patreon episode. Yes. The games you played. You, the listener. Yes. Otherwise, I got, I got a really quick play some games. <laughs> <laughs> you got two minutes. <laughs> Get on it! In my mind, all I'm doing is um, all I'm doing is fantasizing about playing classic RPGs. After these past two episodes, and and hanging out with my cousins, I'm like, man, the 16-bit RPG era. I missed out on a bunch. So you know what you're going to do? Play Final Fantasy 10. I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. Blitzball ruined it. Are you off? Are you off the? Are you off the horse? Have you given up the white elephant? Not 10-2. Oh Christ! I, I, because that's still sitting on my hard drive for <laughs> oh, now. Jesus, stop! When you walk away. You don't hear me. But that's say. Kingdom Hearts. Um, oh please, you can play that one. Well, there's still some. Sin- but oh. don't go. Yeah, I, I played that enough too. <laughs> uh, I love Kingdom Hearts. I, I wanted to sing. I just wanted to sing that song. So we are continuing our previous episode of 16-bit RPGs. Yes, it sounds like I just edited this part of the show, but really, I'm just changing gears. That's the the. the because we've got hours. The reality is terrible. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> reality is terrible. So, um, we're going to do 60-bit RPGs from our listeners. And they came in with force. Yes, now. they did. Yes, they did. Though, I got to say, it's not really a spoiler because you don't know what we picked. But I think it's hilarious that for all the picks that came through, the two most popular games by far, surprisingly, were Final Fantasy VI and I think E4. E4. Why are you surprised about Final Fantasy VI? A, a, a masterpiece well, of a game and game music composition. It's not that that is a surprise so much of, of all the possible popular RPGs. Mm. That was the one that was the most popular of the popular RPGs. All right, I'll take that. But E4 was the heavy shocker. <laughs> just by virtue of the fact that I'd never hear anyone talk about E4 and then out of nowhere, bam, bam, like multiple. So, hey, I'm not complaining though. I'm happy. Yeah. All right. Because so, I love both of those games. Well, this is an odd number episode. We're starting with odd number per now. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to start this off with one of the games that was not popular. In fact, I've only ever heard it really brought up one other time in this conversation. And then it comes up here, and this track slaps. So here we go. This came from listener and friend Cameron Worma. This is Nascot. Nascot. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) K-U-O-T from the game Paladin's Quest on the Super Nintendo. And I hope you all dig it. Thank you. 
Welcome back. You're listening to NASCUT. <laughs> Maybe. From the Gay Ballad is Quest of the Super Nintendo, composed by Rob Ko- Kohei Tanaka. I was reading it as Nasquat. Nasquat. We'll go with it. Um, submitted by the listener and friend Cameron Werba. I, I like when I actually have issues pronouncing a game, because I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. No shame in my game. Guess what? No Nascot. Sh- no shame, no shade. <laughs> Namcot. <laughs> so, let's read this testimonial that we can get around to the Prittle Prattle. Um, Cameron says, Hey, guys. So, this is a game I purchased during my Indies Can Do No Wrong phase. Man, that was a real phase, by the way. Um, in the mid-90s. I had recently become obsessed with Dragon Warrior and cannot wait to explore more titles with that strangely appealing swishing E logo. This is how I discovered Illusion of Gaia and Brain Lord, both of which quickly became favorites of mine. I don't recall how I came to know of the existence of Paladin's Quest, but all I knew and needed to know was that it was an Enix RPG. Cha-ching, sold. <laughs> I picked it up from Funko Land as soon as they had a copy, and I had the scratch. Disappointed is the wrong term. But I wasn't particularly thrilled. Though seemingly a pretty standard JRPG on its face, it was a peculiar game with peculiar characters and peculiar battle mechanics. Take a drink when you hear peculiar, all of which I find more intriguing now than I did then, when I was looking just looking for another great game that was easy to get into. I traded it in not long after. Listening to the OST nowadays, though, I find myself getting nostalgic for that brief period of time I spent with the game. It's really got some great tunes, which I later found out were composed by Kohei Tanaka. Bam, he nailed it. Um, the man responsible for the OST of one of my absolute favorite games. Oh, crap! Alundra! Oh. There we go. Alundra's got a great OST, by the way. Hmm. I've come to think that the Paladin's Quest OST is probably one of the unsung great RPG soundtracks of the era. Well, this after is, hearing that, I'm going to start looking into it more myself. Yeah, no, this is really good. Like, this is stupid good. This is like... Um, 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 very good. Uh, uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto, almost like that level of like sweeping violins and orchestration. This is amazing. I got no shame in admitting that I listened to a lot of, I listened to all the tracks that got submitted, and I was having a lot of difficulty choosing which tracks to choose for the episode because they were all good. Yeah. But this was not one of the ones that I had trouble going. This was like. <laughs> Give me. This, this is like this is done. Had to go for it. I'm right? taking it. <laughs> I need this one on my roster. This is legit. And hearing that the same guy did a Lundra. That's amazing. There it is. Because I loved Lundra so much that I played through it three times with a failed memory card, but never beat it. <laughs> Ever. So you played through it. The memory card failed. Played through it again with the same memory card. Yes, and it failed again. And the third time, I was like, "Well." Eh. Okay, the definition of insanity for now <laughs> is playing a game multiple times on the memory card because you paid a stupid amount of money for it, so you were locked that into it. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. Those mega memory cards were terrible, but I wanted to believe. I used to have these memory cards for the Dreamcast. They used to sell these third party ones that had like additional space to them. Mm-hmm. And I always thought those were going to like fail on them, too. But they didn't? No, I mean, maybe I just maybe I wasn't using them wrong enough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, unlike me, I'm that poor guy where people are like, you'll go on the internet. So I was like, I don't know why you complain about Joy-Cons being so terrible. Maybe if you took care of your stuff. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here dusting and polishing my controllers after every use, and they still break. Like, is it something with me? Is it something I did? I thought my Switch loved me. And, uh, Working in IT for the past three years, I've discovered that some people just touch electronics and they just stop working. 
Though some people throw their electronics against the wall and tell you they fell. <laughs> that has happened before. Um, at my last job, there was a guy, um, uh, our mutual friend Henry, he was the IT person at that job. I was just in software. And he was he was leaving the company and brought his home laptop in to give to him, right? Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> it was so sticky. Jesus! <laughs> there was like there was like jam and jelly like in the keyboard. <laughs> He practices PB and J ways on the laptop. Just spread it all on the keyboard. I only noticed because he told me, and I said, "Like what? What happened?" And he said, "Well, he he told me that he left it on the ground, and his toddler like just walked all over it and like had like yeah, his, his toddler." I said, "No way!" His toddler did no it. No right. way. He, he. This is my thinking, right? He was in a meeting. He was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He put it down on the computer, and when the meeting was over, he closed the lid. <laughs> I'm almost good. Well, I'd almost rather hear he just like bit into it and just like glush out the back or something. It's like shot out the back. Oh, shit, yeah. Too much jelly in it. Too much jelly in it. I do that. I do that with um, peanut butter. Too much peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I have a peanut butter problem. No one has a peanut butter problem. <laughs> that sounds like a peanut butter, I don't know, passion. Isn't that a book, the, the, the Peanut Butter Solution? <laughs> is that a book? <laughs> it should be. I think it is. It's like a children's book. Man, I'm having a lot of trouble on the dating circuit. You know what you need? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Peanut butter will fix it. Uh, I can't seem to get that promotion I've been longing for. Bring a bam peanut butter and jelly sandwich to the meeting. They can't say no to that. That's a power play. That is how you get in. Sir, what makes you think you're qualified for this job? There's Skippy on this sandwich. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, look at me. Peanut butter is power. It's a power food. Choosy moms choose Jip. If you this want- man pops Skippy. If you want everyone at that meeting to know you're a real man, a real businessman, a go-getter, you make sure you got peanut butter on that sandwich. Roasted honey nut. You can do that. Only way. Crunchy for me. Yeah, I can do crunchy. It shows that my teeth are powerful. (laughs) Powerful cheesy teeth. Give me the job. Oh, my God. Just say it. I I want the roll. (laughs) You're just like, how strong my teeth are. (laughs) (laughs) There's peanuts in this. They even ground him up all the way. All right, all right, we got a lot of music to get to. All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dial it back a little bit. Right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shift gears. Are we going more towards marmalade now? A little more somber. No, marmalade is not somber. Marmalade is not <laughs> marmalade is not sadness. I don't know. Certain marmalades. Marmalade is joy. Um, no, we're going to um, a pick from a, a new Patreon, a new listener maybe, or a new listener has written into us. Uh, Camille Malion, um, have picked. From the game Shin Megami Tensei for now. Hey! Yes. I'm glad you picked it because that was one of those where I was like, it's on the nose for me, but <laughs> I like this track. I love I love the music of the Shin Megami Tensei um, uh, SNES versions. We're listening to the track Dream for the Super Famicom, composed by Shoji Maguro.
You're listening to the track Dream from the game Shin Megami Tensei for the Super, Super Famicom, composed by Shoji Maguro. This was picked by listener Camille Melion, and they say, It's the screen where you name your characters while walking in a dark maze. I said walking, didn't I? You totally did, Mr. Chocobo. <laughs> walking in a dark maze. In 3D, um, I was hypnotized by this theme for like 15 minutes. What a great way to start a game. You immediately understand its general ambiance. Unfortunately, I did not get where you were supposed to do in the game, and I gave up an hour later. However, I'm still listening to this amazing soundtrack. I'm with you. Um, Go back to the game, by the way, because this is the only game I could think of where the president of the United States is actually Thor, and he launches a <laughs> nuclear missile it's, from the U.S. Embassy into Tokyo. That's not really a spoiler. That's like the beginning of the game. It's the most historically accurate video game of the 90s that we could think of. It's very baffling. Things. It's just like, what is... Who sat down and said, you know, it'd be great? Actually, thinking about it, that would make reasonable sense if the gods were real, and they came down to cause mischief, and it's like, you know, we're just gonna do this thing where we're going to masquerade as world leaders and just cause them to fight. Because that's pretty much what sets off that game. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't it's, joking oh, when I no, said no. Thor masquerades as the president. No, Shin Megami Tensei games are bizarre. Um, so I am totally with you on that. The, the, I, I did try to play this game for a while. I don't know why I stopped. Maybe I, I was doing something else at the time, probably. Um, but there's something really dreamlike about this game this game this this one in particular it's this almost, tracker the game as a whole the game as a whole i think it's because it's because it's got that first person view well so i would definitely give it a nightmare because this game nothing good happens to the characters it's so like, nothing um so yeah, there's definitely a translation available out there in the um uh, emulation world it's you gotta play it it's so strange it's so interesting and it's the beginning, right, of the Shimigami Tensei and Persona series, right? Pretty much, because there was Megami Tensei in this anime that came out in the 80s, but I'm not versed enough to really be understanding it, because there was actually an NES Megami Tensei game, Oh, believe it or not. Um, I'm just... Not, but there was basically Shin Megami was a spinoff of Megami Tensei. Okay. But then they just kind of stayed with that name. I was going to say Shin Megami Tensei sounds like this is like the next. New Goddess N- Reborn, I think it stands uh, for. This, but, but this music sounds like it's you're supposed to tell scary stories while it's playing. In the dark. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's when you put your name in. This is when you enter your name. Your name and the law hero and the chaos hero. Like right. you're walking through a corridor and there's like a guy on a cross and he's like, so tell me who you are. But It's very weird. But like according to this music, you also have to tell the game how you died. You ate a bad pretzel. Bad pretzel. That'll do it. <laughs> As is a good time also to mention, because I know that the last Recon is still in this blasted chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, funny fact, your taunt was a 50-50 result because on one hand, I have been playing the game and I did get past where I left off and I got to the final dungeon. What cut me off, however, is learning that there's a hidden dungeon on the world map where I can fight all the fiends. Which resulted in me hitting the brakes on progress, but I need to tell myself, beat the game, and then just come back and fight the fiends if I really feel like it that much. But I am officially in the final dungeon, which is Yahweh's realm, 
So now I have to go and literally punch God in one of his <laughs> million faces. That's literally the final boss in this uh, game. You have to go and punch God again. Well, it makes <laughs> interesting sense. They say that the idea is that uh, you have the final. It, it kind of shoehorned it, I'll admit, but the idea is that you have to go and gain free will. Basically, oh. by by defeating God, you gain free will for humanity. Otherwise, if you don't, a new series of like demigods will come. And demigods and demons will come to fight for control of humans just like they, they've always done basically that's that super fascinating it's an interesting yeah, game yeah that sounds so cool I, this is what's killing me about talking about all these RPGs they sound so cool I'm not gonna play it <laughs> all you need is 100 hours per <laughs> it sounds so awesome yeah Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse my clock is Someone's, 97 hours someone novelized these games for me so I can just read them you know in bed Hey, that's what wikis are for. <laughs> you can just read a wiki in bed. Go to the Shin Megami Tensei <laughs> wiki you can get all the plots. I can print them out and have like a little book. I'll be sitting there in bed. <laughs> wow, what a twist. <laughs> so Mother Harlot did what Ooh, now? This part's getting hot. This is great. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what's your next track, Bruno? All right, so let's see. <laughs> My next track as I go down the line is going to be from, actually, from Ulf <laughs> Person. Oh, this track comes from... I actually love both the track and his dialogue for this, so it was kind of a win-win. Um, this is the theme from The Last Castle in the game Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the Super Nintendo, composed by Ryuji Sasai and Yasuhiro Kawakami. Not to be confused with Dr. or Professor or Ms. Kawakami from Persona 5. You're listening to The Last Castle theme from the game Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo, composed by Ryuji Sasai and Yasuhiro Kawakami, submitted by listener Ulf Person. Final Fantasy, before even reading the testimonial, all I want to say is that Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was that game that I never got to play growing up. I only saw it talked about Nintendo Power. It looked really colorful. And I learned about the music from a fellow friend in the East Coast Pokemon League who raved about it and then left finally the battle theme which also submitted 
came up in a theater rhythm culture on Curtain Call, which was the Final Fantasy music game that got released on 3DS. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I first heard the battle theme, and I was in love with the OST oh, ever since. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I, I mean, I mean I'm, su- I'm, not, I'm surprised that's where you first heard it, but it's interesting that you first heard it in a future iter- like arrangement, probably arranged version of it. Oh, no, it was the original. It was the original. It was the original track. They just slapped it in the game. Interesting. And it was like, whoa, of all things, they put a Mystic Quest track here. Really- and my friend was like, no, Mystic Quest has a great OST. This is, this is the one they called USA, right? Yes. Yeah. So what did all have to say about this game? Well, I love this one, so let's go to reading it. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was actually the first ever RPG I ever played on the SNES. Many, many years ago, I started buying U.S. imported Game Boy RPGs. For example, Final Fantasy Adventure and the Final Fantasy Legends series. Back in the day, RPGs were scarce over here, so if you wanted to play them, you had to import them from America. And the same was true for the SNES. I was actually trying to get my hands on Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger and was calling every source of U.S. importers I knew but I could not get a hold of them at the moment. One of the mail order importers I had on my Rolodex said, we only got this Final Fantasy Mystic something. <laughs> so I bought it just to have something to play while trying to get to the big league games later. I knew nothing about Mystic Quest, and man, did my jaw drop when I booted this bad boy up. Because, whoa, it sucked so hard. Wow, that's that, that's that that is an extreme response. I gotta say, also, not only did he cap it, but he has like a laughing Kirby emoji, which I think is amazing. <laughs> Typed it in there with ASCII. Um, now I actually played through it thanks to the totally awesome music. And nowadays, out of nowhere, I sometimes get too stuck in my mind from this game. I gotta say, this is a description after my own heart because I have definitely played through games solely because the OST was rocking. And if that OST was not jamming, I would have not even have kept the game around my house. I feel like this is like our podcast reaches out to people who are passionate about games and music. To the people who are out there who listen to a soundtrack and say, this music is great. I will buy the game and play the game based on the music alone. Also, have a good night yeah. last weekend. Oh, thanks for hanging out with us when you can. Good seeing you. Thanks for um, beating up on my friend Purnell. Hey, he didn't nag you. Take that back. Well, you know what I mean. Like, verbally. Verbal abuse. No, I win. I'm going to beat that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I remember when this game uh, uh, came out and a friend of uh, a friend of mine in, in, in uh, elementary school was super into the Final Fantasy games and then was super disappointed playing this one. I don't think I've ever met a person who came away saying this game is fantastic. At most, they said pretty much with Offset, which is that they liked the music. They liked the music, yeah. And then I didn't know about the music because I didn't really pay attention to it because during this era of games, I didn't care about RPGs. Not even my thing. So it wasn't until later on when I started to explore video game music of this era, just outside of the context of the game itself, um, that I discovered the soundtrack. I will say, I love it. I will say this about the love game, it. though. What's well, up? Because it's freaking good. But, like, I've heard numerous people say that Final Fantasy Mystic Quest would make a good first JRPG. Now, I can't comment on that one way or because I've never played it. I only know that people have described it as being an easy game. But what I question is whether or not it truly makes sense to have something akin to a my first JRPG or just pretty much just kind of throw people in and let them see if they swim. Like, I, I play it, Final Fantasy first. I think it depends. I think it depends because I think some games really do expect you to know some of the concepts 
you know, before going into it, like leveling up and experience points, like they expect you to understand what that means. True, but that's the trick to it, though. Like, none of these games really go so well. Let I, I me take that back because in late, recent games, they do do like go hyper on the tutorials, but yeah, uh, I, in the earlier games, particularly, yeah. I can't think of too many that outright said, including Mystic Quest, yeah. that said, hey, uh. So, by the way, when you kill a monster, you get experience points. Yeah, and when you get enough, you level up. No, true. you just yeah, do it. It just, it just happens. Especially yeah, during this era, for sure. Yeah. And then you also have to figure that the systems will come into play and things will happen. Mm -hmm. But early game, for the most part, is typically fairly easy to get through yeah. with as long as you just try. So, they give you enough to just kind of play with the systems. Like, you know you're going to a battle. These things show up. Enemies on the left. You're on the right. And there's this menu. Like, what do I do? I can choose fight, I, I guess. I feel like I, I feel like people who are into sports should have really gotten into RPGs because it was like football. It was like American football. You know, you're, you're picking your plays, and they run the play. Mm -hmm. And they come back, and you pick your plays again, and they run the play again. And it, it's very similar to that. Um, I was going to say, like, <laughs> for people who don't know much about the systems and about like, how these games work, they would go to a shop and they would buy the armor and they would walk away and say, perfect, I have new armor, but they would never equip it. You know, like I doubt I did that all the time. So you're the reason games keep telling me, don't forget to equip your armor because uh, it doesn't work if you don't <laughs> wear it. Yes, yes. I literally tell you that now. Because if you buy something, why wouldn't you wear it? Why wouldn't you wear it for now? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! If you buy a game, why wouldn't you play it? No, for those uh, who don't know, I have like eight pairs of pants I have not worn in my closet right now. I have not equipped my pants. Let me let me wear them. Let me wear them. Pernell. No, just they're me, my stats. Let me walk a mile in your pants, Pernell. I can sell them back in chapter twelve. You'll see. I'll get a big profit boost. Oh, but <laughs> chapter twelve of Pernell's RPG life. All right, moving on to our next track. Um, we're flying all the way over to. Michael Bridgewater, Mebri, oh, of the Forever Sound Version podcast, um, going he, into the future. Um, he went all, all. He went off in a completely different direction to a completely new uh, computer system. This is the uh, the game called Continental for the Sharp X sixty eight thousand. The track is called FRPG fifteen. I don't know if that's the name of the track or if that's just. <laughs> well, you threw your scarf around your neck there, like that. <laughs> and now I'm owning it. Oh um, yeah. Uh, or maybe that's just the, the name, the number of the track. I'm not sure, but we'll get into that. The composers are uh, Kiyotaka Sato, Ryu Takimi, Megumi Matsura, and Baki, B-A-K-I. This is Continental for the Sharp X68000. Thank you. 
You're listening to FRPG 15 from the game Continental for the Sharp X68000, composed by Kiyotaka Sato, Ryu Takimi, Magumi Matsura, and the pseudonym Baki, B-A-K-I. This is so smooth, Pranel. I am feeling this. Oh, this was definitely... Sometimes... I will say when we're when I'm going through the list of tracks and I'm like I gotta pick a track I gotta narrow my selections down. There are definitely times where I'll come across a track and go I really want to pick that but I'm not sure I want to pick it over something else and I go I'm pretty sure Rob will pick it. Oh I yeah, don't. Oh yeah. So I can <laughs> let it go confidently knowing that Rob's gonna pick it. And this was one of those. This is definitely one of those. Um, I'll read the testimonial now. Uh, Michael says. This tune from the 1992 Japan-only RPG, Continental, is the 16-bit oral equivalent of wearing linen trousers on a beautiful, clear evening with a gentle breeze while watching a sunset and sipping a daiquiri. Aqua City would be pleased. Yeah. Uh, Details about Continental are scarce, but by the looks of things, it's one of those adult-ish RPGs. Needless to say, I haven't played this one myself. While the game was also released on the PC-98, not surprised, and the MSX home computer systems, I have selected the Sharp the Sharp 68000 version because it sounds so sweet. If the remainder of our summer to 16-bit starts to get a little too hot, then this sublime slice of balladry will surely help to cool things down. And then uh, later on in the chat, Michael comments, I was hoping to get Hammock's attention for this one. Hammock... The um, do you uh, hear him, Hammock? The resident of Aqua City and the producer of KVGM, The Last Wave. Do you hear what Meebree's putting down? <laughs> Can you feel it? Can you feel the breeze? And the funny thing about that, too, that uh, <laughs> he mentioned like it's one of those adult games. I didn't learn until we started doing the podcasting just how great these OSTs can be because it was the one that Chris Murray submitted that one episode about the Monster Girl battling game and then there was Juno which originally came across because of Ed Wilson and then I ended up reviewing Juno for the Switch amazing stuff and the OST for Juno is amazing you were going to say lit weren't you no I wasn't don't you say it was popping Rob it was was popping Rob I'm loving this song, man. This is this is really true. It's got that sunset, you know, sipping a, a sipping a sweet beverage with with fruit in it. Um, it's beautiful. This is beautiful. No, no, no. I would have never heard of this one, this game either. Again, being um, on mainly or primarily Japanese computer systems, so even emulation, I would probably get just a language I wouldn't understand. But have a good night, all. Oh, yes. Good night. Thank you for joining us. Or good day. I'm not sure what time you're in. <laughs> that's what makes it. That's amazing to me. I love that. I, know, I, love, I love the this. time zone jumps that we get. Well, I mean, beautiful music knows no time zone. You better international. International waters, Pernell. And there's something to be said <laughs> about that, too. I've come to feel like VGM, video games in general, are one of those mediums that just transcends, you know, like locale. And a sensor is like, hey, what am I? What are you playing over there? Why well, am like like Olf said? I imported X game from America. I might be like, oh, I imported X game from Asia. You know, we're we could technically be playing the same game imported across the way or whatever. 
or yeah, yeah. just talking about games and saying, hey, I love this game. You should try it. Oh, it doesn't exist in my region. Well, check out this site where you can buy it and have it imported to you. And you speak English so you can read it. It's good. You know, or I can't. I only speak Japanese. Well, there's a site that has a nice translation set up for it. You can play through it that way. Because I can tell you right now, I've played quite a few RPGs in my day using a translation document. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you've gone through the process of, like, having the, the translation on one side and the game on the other side. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Does that spoil anything for you? It's not as good as, as the understanding, good obviously. about what you did? Oh, I feel great. <laughs> I feel friggin' great. Excellent. Excellent. All right, what's your what's your third track for now? Let me see. We're going, we're going with. That's why I like this episode. I have multiple pages, and I have to actually swish to yeah. the page <laughs> where the next track exists. I don't know if it's getting picked up by the microphone, but it is like you're reading a deposition over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I like to call Bedroth <laughs> the stand. Bedroth, what is the pick that you have selected for this episode of Rhythm and Pixels? Oh. What is that? What? What is? What? East. E's four. Oh, which which E's four? Exactly? Do you want do you want to give a little Wait, context which, to this one? Oh, we'll get to the context. All right, because he's telling us right now that he chose tracks from multiple E's four games. Yeah, that's going to get weird, but we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, just know you are listening to Sio Binan from the game E's four, Mask of the Sun, and E's four Dawn of E's, all composed by the Falcom Sound Team. But the Dawn of Ease version is remixed slash arranged rather by Ryo Yonimitsu. Welcome back. You're listening to Sayo Binan. That's a weird name. From the game Eastport Mask of the Sun for the Super Famicom and Eastport Dawn of East for the PC Engine. Both composed by the Falcom sound team, except the PC Engine version was arranged by Ryo Yonimitsu. So, I'll talk about the little bit I know after, but for now, let's read what Bedroth had to say. 
Man, what a broad topic. I went digging through several soundtracks before it dawned on me that I might have the perfect submission for this month. Dawn on you? Dear God, Robert. (laughs) See, earlier this year, I guessed it on the BG Mania podcast and talked with the host Brian about the crazy development story of the four different versions of Ease 4. That whole story would take way too long to type out, but if anyone wants to go check it out, they can shoot me a message and I'll send them a link to the episode. Now that I'm done plugging other people's shows, <laughs> my submission this month is a two-version mashup I made of the Sio Binan, a song from Ease 4. I don't know anything about this game, so someone with more experience may have to give us some context for the song's significance. The first version you hear is from the SNES game Ease 4 Mask of the Sun, developed by Tonkin House and released in 1993 for the Super Famicom. I believe that this was the first version of the game developed, and the composers for this game, Falcom Sound Team, included Yoshiaki, Kubodera, Masanori Hikichi, Miyoki, Takaoka, Naoyuki, Ito, Tamohiro Indo, and Hiro Tengenji. The second version is from the PC Engine game, Ease 4 Dawn of East. This version was developed by Hudson Soft, and the original Super Famicom compositions were arranged by Ryo Yonimitsu. This is, there is seriously a lot that we can unpack here. It's a fun rabbit hole to explore for anyone who is of a sound mind to do so. There are also a lot of other tracks you can look up and compare across all four versions. It's Falcom, so you know it's good stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Mm. And if you know me, Bedroth, you would know, you know, that <laughs> I was all about this rabbit hole myself. Though I am curious about what the fourth game is, because I'm not remembering it off the exact top of my head, but I know of Dawn, Memories of Celsetta, and of course, you know, Mask of the Sun. All the games have the same general narrative, but they're told in different ways, depending on who wrote it. For example, Dawn of Ease, which is the one I played most... I, well, I beat Memories of Celsetta, and I played a good chunk of Dawn. Dawn of the group is the only one where you go back to the original area from Ease 1, but the beginning of the game, and then later on you also have to go back to Darm Tower, which was also an Ease 1 location. Mm. But... Aside from that, they do stuff, the Mask of the Sun, and all that good stuff. It's... And they all play differently, too, for the most part. It's crazy. Well, some of them the, 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 some of them have the, the bumping mechanics, where you kind of bump into the thing to, to fight. Yeah, two of them that I know have had the bump, and Memories of Self-Set, I went with the action style that was brought about originally by way of E7, with the action uh, plus party member okay. swap. Uh, they remixed music across all the games. Some tracks got stuck in one game versus the others. Other ones, they brought the tracks over, but they use them in different locations. For example, Ease 4 Dawn of Ease uses the El Deal theme, or the Lava Zone theme, for the action, actual lava cave that you have to go through. Whereas in Memories of Soseta, there's a remixed version of it that is played in the Tower of Providence, which is an awesome dungeon because you get the dash boost unless you run up walls. Oh my god, I love those games. Anyway, the last thing I'll say before I, so I can stop gushing about this crap is... Um, <laughs> Ease 4, Dawn of Ease, was probably the first time I hardcore attempted to try to import a game, mm. but I couldn't afford it back then. I was getting Turbo Zone Directs, the Turbo Duo was on its way out the door, and this odd, out-of-nowhere Ease game just got announced, and I was an Ease addict at this point. Um, but the game also cost a stupid amount because it was an import, and I didn't get a chance to play it officially for the very first time, despite the existence of emulation... Until 2016, when I got my Turbo Duo repaired after it being broken by, you know, friends and family and stuff. And then, 
I didn't really stick with the game until I did play it on an emulator anyway. So I had the physical game. Well, it helps to have that. On a disc, on a that. Turbo yeah, Duo. Yeah, and I played the, it that anyway. flexibility of when and where you can play it, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, any version of this game that you can get to round two to play is 100% worth your time. I love the bump and grind system. I love the action <laughs> combat system. They're all fun. And the music, as Bedroth says, is a banger across all versions. You can't go wrong. Well, I'll tell you what. How about a little bit more ease in your life, Brunel? Can't go wrong with more ease. All right, we're, 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 going, we're going for some more music here. This is from the game Ease 4, Mask of the Sun. For the Super Famicom, again composed by the Falcom sound team, but arranged by Cube, which is Yoshiaki, Kubatera, Masanori, Hikichi, Miyoko, Kobayashi, Naoko, Ito, Tomohiro, Endo, and or Hiru Tengenji. So there's a, there's a lot of people on the sound team. They're all wonderfully talented. This is the theme of Adel. This is picked by our listener, Chris Murray. Chris Murray, thank you very much. This is the theme of Adol from Ease 4, Mask of the Sun for the Super Famicom, composed by the Falcom sound team, JDK. This is picked by our listener and friend, Chris Murray. I love that Frankly Zappa says, I did not know how to pronounce Ease correctly until listening to your show. Don't feel bad. Me too. A lot of other people (laughs) are in the same boat. Many still can't pronounce it properly. And like one of my favorite... uh, Image grabs was someone that found an Arby's where the sign was busted and all it had was the Y apostrophe S. <laughs> it's like, come grab a roast beef from E's or from um, Y. I mean, really, like, like my first um, E's game was E's three on the Sega Genesis, and I was like, ooh, I just rented Y's from Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to play some Y's? Um, uh, so uh, uh, Chris Murray says, I wanted to pick something a bit different, but still true to form for my tastes. So I picked a track from a 16-bit Ease game, having just completed Ease 9, Monstrum Nox, which sounds like a a monster beverage, um, which is yet another excellent entry in the series. 
This track is pretty classic Falcom and pretty different from other SNES RPGs from Square and others. So I hope you enjoy. Oh my god. See, hearing him say it, like, if we did an Ease episode like Chris suggested as a go back to, friggin' Monster Noxus is going to find some places on it. Because despite the fact that the OST in that game is very different from traditional Falcom's um, sound team tunes, mm-hmm. and it was very highly contested as far as the fan base is concerned. I personally love quite a few tracks in that game. I think I've played like two on the show already, <laughs> despite the game coming out this year. The, the name does sound familiar to me, so that, that kind of makes sense to me. And Cloaca Maxima, the one where everyone's like, do you know what that means? Like, yes, I know what that means. It's still a good track. <laughs> this is good. This is much more on the... Um not much more, because the other one was kind of surf rocky. This one's got that more of that RPG fantasy it's excitement m- battle feel. It's magic. The theme of Adol, is that, does it play during battle, or is it just like, does it play when Adol's talking? Honestly, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, the tracks that generally resonate with me the most are the ones that play during action environments, like dungeons or the like. And I feel like this most likely plays during, like, the intro where he's, like, on a boat traveling to the country, <laughs> or... I see. He's never. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever yeah, seen him riding yeah. a horse. I don't think he's ever ridden a horse in a I, game. This sounds like horse riding music to me, right? This is very horse, horse, and horse it up. Is this the first ease where he rides a horse? It could be. Find out um, by uh, playing it. <laughs> Hammock says, "Um, this is uh, he pronounced it yes when he was a kid, like like uh yeats yeats." <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, so I'm gonna turn this track down. This beautiful track down. And we're going to get into the part of the show. If you've listened to us, you know what we're talking about. This is the bonus round. Bonus round. I'm going to ride my horse. Everybody party tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And our theme... It's listener-suggested 16-bit RPGs. Pranel, what did you pick from the 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 dirt the this the many amazing tracks that came in through our email? And for the record, I do want to say that this trend of picking a track in a bonus round track, everyone is doing that. Keep doing it because that is friggin' awesome, and I loved having that oh, choice. Oh, I love it too. Um, so my first pick is going to come from Stephen Miller, and for the record, I am going to say that I came close to picking your original submission, which was Profit from Breath of Fire. Oh. But I didn't want to double down on one person, and the bonus round submission you gave was straight fire. Oh. So there it is. Um, I don't think I got this one, so what is it? This is the Kefka Intense Symphonic Metal cover from Final Fantasy VI, composed by Falcone, spelled F-A-L-K-K-O-N-E.
Welcome back. You are listening to the Kefka Intense Symphonic Metal cover from the game Final Fantasy VI, composed by Falcone, submitted by listener Stephen Miller. And I will say that, well, one, the track is a freaking banger. And two, I was drawn to it because I'm that guy who genuinely feels like Kefka is probably the best villain they've had in that series. He doesn't get enough. I mean, I will say there's room for contesting and if people want to, because of course there's reasons for that, but I feel like he doesn't get nearly enough due for how awesome of a villain he was. But I'll stop rambling because this is not my pick. This was Stephen Miller's pick and he has something to say. <laughs> Though, let's see. For my bonus round submission, had to go with arguably the best villain theme out of the Final Fantasy series and arguably the best villain theme, period. Falcone really gives this song the grandeur it deserves. And I have to say, I agree with him on that. This is woof. Woof. Yeah, that that wasn't, I love, I, I was intense. It was as intense as the song should be. It had that driving drum. Where did that come from? I love that when that double bass kick kicked in. I think everybody in the chat was like, yes, this rocks. And I like the fact about Kefka, but how he functioned, just the general fact that he his purpose was of no purpose. He was just he was just mental. Yeah, and he was bored. <laughs> so he did things to do them. Like generally with an RPG, I'll give these villains where it's like it's either one of two things: either a sympathetic villain where it's like you know I kind of want him to win, but being that I'm controlling the heroes, he's got to go down. Yeah. Or the alternative where it's just like, okay, this guy just has delusions of grandeur. He just wants to rule the world. I can see why he has this power trip thing going on, whatever. Kefka's like, I want to poison people, so I'm going to do it. He's just going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then he succeeds in all of his goals by being a complete jerk. And he's like, you know, this was boring. I have nothing else to do now. I can't accomplish anything else. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is weird. It's great, though. It's the only one where it's like, what happens when that villain that wanted ultimate power actually gets it? The answer is he becomes bored. He becomes bored and it gets and it gets worse for everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so uh, my bonus round pick. We are going. Um, I'm going to go with listener Jessica. Uh, Jess sends us City of Magic from the game Lunar Silver Star Sto- Lunar the Silver Star Story. I am tongue tied tonight. Um, this is arranged by Stephen Morris. You ready for this one?
the Silver Star Story. That was arranged. <laughs> that was arranged and performed by Stephen Morris. Say that five times fast. So I'm starting to I'm having a hard time saying it slowly. Um, and that was picked by our listener Jess. Um, she says, uh, "Sorry for being so late to the game again, but life has been crazy these past few weeks. I'm in the same place as Rob was a few weeks back. Remodeling going on in the basement and a cat box six feet away from my computer." It's a problem, um, among other things. I am totally calling this suggestion in with my uh, with only five minutes being generous spent looking for a track. I'm not much of an RPG gal. I've enjoyed a handful, but I always get bored, usually 85% through when the map opens up where you really have to start grinding and moved on to other games. Um, I've tried Final Fantasy VII and Rob's beloved Final Fantasy X, a Star Ocean game and a handful of others, but the only RPG I've ever completed was Lunar the Silver Star um, as the Sega, on the Sega CD. Uh, my brother and I got a uh, used Sega CD for Christmas one year and a small handful of used games for it and pretty much lost our uh, marbles <laughs> way better than getting a new one with one game. Um, we loved it and played all the games we got it to death, even Cliffhanger. And to this day, I'm still a sucker for FMV games to the point that a friend and I recently completed a working proof of concept for our own FMV game. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, included is a batch. Um, included in the batch of games is Lunar the Silver Star. When I first played Final Fantasy VII on the PS1, I remember thinking, this is like a ripoff of Lunar, only way cooler, uh, until I got stuck or lost near the end and quit. Um, I honestly don't remember much about the music from the game, but it sounds a bit familiar. Uh, but as someone who plays zero instruments, I always appreciate it when one guy can do all of the instruments, including recording the audio and video on YouTube. Um, so yeah, this is really cool. We'll have links to the video on our website because it's it's really neat watching the the, the him perform on all of the instruments, not all, all at one time, but with the different videos. You know, I can um, that's I cool. can I can definitely say this about Jessica's in, entry here. First thing, as a, if you are a fan of FMVs, you might want to consider joining me on my journey to purchase a game that likely will be happening this weekend called Death Come True. Um, it's on the Switch. It's done by the guy who did Danganronpa, and it is essentially an FMV game, but it's acted out by actual actors and the like, and the goal and the narrative is very weird. Guy wakes up in a bathtub with person tied up in a living room and news articles saying he just killed somebody. He doesn't know why he's there <laughs> or what. God. And also he dies a lot and comes back. It's Apparently it's a really good narrative and it's equivalent of a two-hour movie that you're playing through with a lot of bad endings. Oh, wow. Um, but it sounds cool and I'm considering that. The second thing I wanted to say is earlier in the episode, we were all talking about starter RPGs pretty much. Um, I think it's funny that she said that the only one, of the only RPG she played through is Lunar the Silver Star on Sega City because I have three people in my life who can say the exact same thing. Really? Like they couldn't get into any other RPGs. Well, except for one. He well, played, he played through Final Fantasy VII because you know, of course. Right. Your brother played Lunar, right? Darnell, Clarence, wow. and my uncle all played Lunar the Silver Star to completion whoa, whoa, and whoa, only that. Whoa, this is a legacy. This is this is <laughs> something about Lunar the Silver Star that clicked for a lot of people. Wow. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it was like the the game's story was a classic in its own right. It's essentially a kid with dreams. Now, of course, other games have done that since then mm. in their own way, but something about the way Lunar does it, you know. He lives on a small island, Podunk town. He wants to become better. He wants to be like his idol. 
become an adventurer, and he finds a dragon diamond, which is actually a diamond crag dragon poop, but that's another story. And he travels, and it's like just him exploring the world with his friend who stops to open a shop, and he's on his own. And it's just, it's a great story. And it was also one of the first games to have decent, like, you know, like, full-voiced audio sequences. That's right, yeah. And, like, nice musical numbers, though some hate on the work and designs element. Personally, in this case, I was fine with it. But, uh, it was just, it was a, it was lightning in a bottle, Mm -hmm. I would say. And even when they did the later version, Silver Star Story Complete, and they expanded the story and added Zenobia's sisters and all that, there's something to me about the very first Sega CD game that Despite complete being a larger, more robust package, it didn't trump that original game. Hmm. It's weird to me. I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> there is something to say about people saying Lunar of the Silver Star was like the one game they were able to complete in the now, genre. Only thing I know about this game is that we sold it at Electronics Boutique when I worked there, and it had like a little puppet that would punch. Oh, Silver Star Complete, yeah, get the Galleon puppet. Yeah, had a little puppet. I still have it. And we would sell the puppet with it. I remember looking at the thing being like, that means something to somebody. Fun fact. And then that's that when I met you. That worth money. Now. Yeah. That's how it is. <laughs> Pernell has that puppet. Let's be friends. Uh, that puppet's worth money now. And if you were at E3 that year, the Alex matching puppet is worth a lot oh, I, more. I, I, I'm sure that is super, super rare now. Um, but guess what? We're going... Boop, 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 <laughs> Bonus round! Double. We're going uh, uh, double. We're going double up. Bonus round. This is bonus round. New game plus. Pernell, what have you got? Let's see here. And it is true. We did give away a, a galleon puppet at a turn-based critics panel. We had some great prizes for that thing. God, that was a great group. Pernell, that was your puppet. It was not my puppet. My <laughs> puppet's upstairs. That was Rich's puppet. And that was his loss. I wasn't giving my puppet up for nobody. My bonus rails EX track comes from This is the Brink of Time. Mm. Covered and arranged, rather. Originally composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, but arranged by Guido, a.k.a. Hiroshi Hata and Kalta Otsuki. When you hear this, you're going to know yeah, per, per no one wanted.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Brink of Time, composed originally by Yasunori Mitsuda, but arranged in this case by Guido, a.k.a. Hiroshi Hata, and Kalta Otsuki. Mm. Originally from the game Chrono Trigger and submitted by listener Hammock. Hammock. Ooh, bring the fire. All the time, and you know it. So what did Hammock have to say about this track? Well, Chrono Trigger was, and still is, one of my all-time favorite, if not my favorite, though it depends on the season, JRPGs. When I was a kid, we had a local Japanese anime slash import store called Planet Anime. Rest in peace, moment of silence. And I saved up to buy the Chrono Trigger soundtrack on CD. Remember those? Of course, you don't need to tell me you don't need me to tell you, rather, how good that OST is. But when I went back into that store, I saw a Chrono Trigger arranged version, The Brink of Time. I said to the clerk, hey, what's The Brink of Time CD all about? And the clerk said, no clue. And I said, okay, I'll take it. And I bought it and played it in my mom's car. And when I got to Secret of Force, I told my mom, mom, this is 100% the jam. <laughs> and she agreed and then took me to Dairy Queen <laughs> I just love that ending so much then she took me to Dairy Queen and, and we went to DQ happily ever after yeah, happily ever after oh man catch this, you later Mike yeah, good night Mike this was an incredible track way just too perfect too perfect um, of course Hammock bring in the Hammock jams too fast too perfect <laughs> <laughs> too good too good alright um, our last bonus bonus excuse me also, before you say it, I, I do feel like we should, I don't know how we're going to do it, but now I feel like we need to have a topic somewhere in the future that says, onward to Dairy Queen. Onward to Dairy Queen. <laughs> I don't know what the tracks will be, <laughs> but I want an episode related to Dairy Queen now. Um, our last bonus round track comes from uh, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. The wise guy. This is a science theme from Final Fantasy VII. This is performed and arranged by TPR.
That was Cyan's theme from Final Fantasy VI, composed by Nobuo Uematsu and arranged and performed by TPR. And that was picked by Toilet Paper Revolution. <laughs> toilet Paper, Toilet Paper Revolution. But no, seriously, this is this is really good. TP, TPR. Um, this was picked by our listener Chris Weisner. Um, and Chris Weisner says, being that there was so much talk about the turn-based critics, it got me feeling very nostalgic. While it's true, our panels focused on non-Final Fantasy RPGs. All of us are admittedly fans of the franchise. Um, one point of debate slash discussion that came up was favorite characters in Final Fantasy uh, 6 or 3. And as I was often in the minority when I brought up my love of Cyan Gargamonde. I haven't played this game. <laughs> Mercy. Uh, Cyan's story is one of the most tragic in the game, let alone the franchise. Seeing as, spoiler alert, spoiler, you can skip ahead a few seconds here. Um, his family and the entire kingdom, which he serves, is murdered via poison. Uh, Cyan spends the vast majority of the game coping with elements of survivor's guilt, self-doubt, and depression, but he can process and overcome them when revisiting Doma Castle in the world of ruin. While these mental health issues may not seem uh, readily identifiable or relatable to a kid playing Final Fantasy VI at the time of the release, there is much more awareness when revisiting it as an adult who has had their own share of mental health struggles. I picked TPR's cover of Cyan's theme because it provides a beautiful reinterpretation that seems far more fitting than Doma's demise. Whereas the original uh, Super Nintendo theme is majestic with its booming drums and catchy flute melodies, TPR instead utilizes a somber piano and a quietly stirring string arrangement that reminds us even those most broken can still be made whole again. Wow. He nailed that testimony. That's fantastic. I gotta say, though, just to cover my butt, you're well, maybe in the minority, but in my case, Cyan the character is fantastic. My beef with Cyan is that his unique skill is probably the roughest due to how it works in the game. Um, for those who aren't familiar with it, the way his special every character in Final Fantasy VI has a unique special trait or ability. Mm. The way they did Cyan was he gets eight different attacks that he can learn and use, but it's on a time meter in an active time battle system. He has to wait. Um, he has to wait a time bar as it goes across each one, one at a time, one, two, three, four, until eventually eight. All this time, other characters can be doing stuff, but you're stuck waiting. I feel like he's if they, the, is he the wind up man of Final Fantasy? He's the wind up man of Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. Yes, for those who are like, what the heck are you talking about? That's Res Arcana, the board game. Um, but uh, I feel like if they did a remake of Final Fantasy VI, that would be a thing I would totally request. Is like do something to fix his special ability because if they did that, I bet he would get a lot more use by players. Mm. Interesting, interesting. I didn't I didn't know that about him. I do remember that arc of his story. I, I did play Final Fantasy VI enough. Oh, to get to that point, it's pretty amazing. Final Fantasy VI tragic. Is, is fantastic, and the the narrative of that entire game, like every character, heck, even Gogo, and he's a bonus character. Every character's narrative in that game is fantastic. If I had to name one where I'm like, eh, I could do without, maybe it'd be tossed between either Mog or Gao, I guess. But overall, I like the narrative for every character in that game. It's it deserves so much more credit than it does, than it gets, and I feel like for having such a large ensemble cast, they all have a decent narrative to tell. 
Mm. It's just so good. So good. Also, uh, <laughs> also what? I had to cough. Oh, you just had to cough. Um, for, <laughs> or for more information on our bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the SoundClouds, Bandcamps, everywhere where you can download the music, stream the music, and support these incredible artists. Was getting down. Thanks for joining us on episode 29-5 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our 16-bit RPG episode for our Patreon listeners. Thank you very much for all of your track suggestions. I love the fact that Bedros... How was that? I said they're all amazing. What's up? <laughs> they are fantastic. Yeah. Though I do have to say I 100% agree with what Bedros said, which is, I'm surprised. No Earthbound, no Luthia. No Fancy Star, no Saga, no Tales of Fantasia, but everything was so good. And I can say there was a Fantasy Star track that got submitted. However, it got retracted. You want to know why? Because I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Chris was going to submit Rune for Fantasy Star 4, right? but I totally nailed that he would have picked that track on the last episode. Oh, so, so when he listened play. to the episode, he switched tracks because it was like, bam, Purnell was right. You knew it. You knew. You knew. You knew, you knew what he was going to like. You I know my saying. friends. I know my friends. <laughs> this uh, this last track we're listening to is the track "Profit" from Breath of Fire for the Super Nintendo, composed by Yasuaki Vegeta. This was picked by Stephen Miller, who says, "I recently finished Breath of Fire, and while the soundtrack is missing that Capcom flair, it has some really decent tracks." I'm saying I added really decent tracks. This has got some. This has got a good soundtrack. Oh my god. Um, yeah, my standout is the shop theme called Profit. Something about that bass and weird time signatures sounds very out of place on the Super Nintendo. I, I think it does. It's it's kind of it's, it's jaunty in a way that other tracks can never be. Breath of Fire was. A, 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 I do want to ask though, since he said he just beat it for the first time, and if he's still in the chat, he can answer directly. But uh, did you get Agni and get the true ending of the game? Because if mm. you did not. You should go back and do that. He's not a real gamer. No, you shut up. I didn't say that. (laughs) Oh, man. I cannot believe you would imply that. All I'm saying is it's not, it's not, (laughs) it doesn't add a lot of time to do as long as you have a save file that's outside of the final dungeon because otherwise you have to walk out of the final dungeon. But otherwise, it's not hard to, it's not time consuming to pull off. And it's actually kind of cool. So, because it, changes the final battle and everything so oh. it's worth doing so it is actually yeah. worth not just like as a completionist but it actually just gives you yeah it gives you more, more to it. it gives you more and it's cool and i didn't learn about it personally for a good like i'm talking years after i originally beat the game i learned about it elsewhere i was like oh crap i gotta go back so i re-rented it mm. and did it just to see it um but yeah worth it worth it I got to say, though, I want to say it because Chris is solid on this point. And it's not just for the game he references, but I think it goes across other games, too. He says, Chris Wilder says, the key to a good RPG is a cast of characters who are all invested in the end game of the product. Not random throwaway characters to help and then fall to the sidelines. Hence, one of the reasons why Final Fantasy VI is top tier. Yeah. 100% agree with that statement. 100% agree with that. Yeah, Stephen Miller uh, says he's played this game on Switch using save states. Oh no! Good, 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 good on him. 
you stopped out. Yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking about the safe states being like the safe time. I'm saying he's saying sadness because he doesn't have a save file that lets him go back. Oh, I see. I was like, yeah, using save states, good. Yeah, this is how we should be playing games. I have no qualms with people saving time on their plays. Yeah. As, I mean, I, I can't love believe it. you would imply that, Pernell. <laughs> Let people play games how they want. Oh, I'm so <laughs> evil. I'm a horrible man. <laughs> horrible. No, no, that is sad. That is sad. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, if you want to, um, if you want to get in contact with me and Pernell, if you want to, if you say hello, if you have a track suggestion or even a topic suggestion, we would love to hear about it. And you can send us an email, rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, and for a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes and access to every episode that we have, you can go to our website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It is Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You can find us all over the place there. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. All of our episodes are posted there um, with chapter selection, which is really nice. If you want to skip ahead to a song that you want to hear or um, something that we talked about, you can jump to it. And we also have a radio station there playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cut. All there at youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And um, we have a Discord um, if you want to come in there and hang out and chat about games, chat about life, chat about music. It's um, The Discord is at our website, rhythmandpixels.com, at the top of the page. And if you'd like to support the show, we have some cool shirts we're selling um, on the site, uh, rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. Um, you can get a, a run VGM t-shirt. You can get a, a, a t-shirt with one of your favorite um, sound teams on it. We have SNK. We have... Um, we have uh, Falcom. You know, we have, we've got a cool Mega Drive shirt. Um, very cool designs, very classic designs that um, I am going to keep selling until they ask me to cease and desist. <laughs> um, don't, so, don't spur them. Um, so go check that out. You can also support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There you get access to a weekly um, prequel episode of me and Pernell hanging out chatting about the week, kind of um, um, decompressing before starting the show. Um, you also get access to a monthly live streamed episode uh, where we record this episode like we're doing today, this one specifically, in front of a live Patreon audience. And that is available for all Patreons at all uh, levels of Patreonage. <laughs> Patreonity. <laughs> uh, Patreonity. Uh, patronage. Um, and we, at the highest levels of our Patreon, we'd like to thank you. Thank you at the end of every episode. We'd like to thank Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, Andreas Mielberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, uh, Camille Maleon, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, a.k.a. Wise Guy. Uh, Speaking of which, by the way, Chris, I am finally going to play Shining Force 1. It's gonna happen. It will happen. I stopped. I know. I, I, I don't believe you, uh, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, that cracked you up, uh, Christopher Sedstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version um, VGM podcast, and Mebree sixty four on Twitch, twitch.com slash Mebree sixty four. Um, kicking out the Commodore 64 demo scene tunes. Uh, Reinhard Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, and Ulf Person. Um, uh, all of you, thank you so much for your support of our show. Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, um, his most recent episode has Dan Loughton on it. We 
got to get Dan Loughton on this show. Tomorrow. I know. He's, he's, a, he's a great guest on this show on there talking about hack and slash games. I think it's funny, too, because you made the, you were joking earlier about, Pernell, how do you how do you imply such things? But I feel like Dan Loughton and I always have these scenarios where, like, I'll make a comment about a game, and he'll say something like, I just don't like that game very much. And I'll always like, what? And he always has this, like, really interesting and cool way to describe the dislike he has. And I'm like, you know... <laughs> I can get behind why you hate this game I like so much. It's really cool. Like I like those discussions with him. Like he, he's really good at articulating why he feels ways about stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we should have him on the show. Uh, what topic do you want to do with him? You speed run. Speed run. Speed running. That's what he does. Speed running. Yeah, he is a, 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 a Mega Man, Mega Man guy. He makes me want to try to do it, but I also know that if I'd get pissed off if I get to like Doctor Wily one and make like one bad jump ruining the speed run, I couldn't do it. Got to start over. Got to start over. Um, no, you just keep going. I mean, that's part of part of the part of the run. It's just it's just not a perfect run. Um, but I bet you the joy is chasing that perfect wave. I mean, which, run, which, perfect run. Which makes sense. My problem is I'm chasing like 500 games. That's <laughs> <So laughs> a problem. Hey, we've all got our, we've all got what we're doing. Um, I enjoyed having a double 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 hit of the bonus round. I like when it happens, but I like when it's I like the way we do it though because if you do it too much, it'll be like, well, now it's expected. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, every every time, now, we're gonna have to make our own music just to fit it in there. <laughs> I got a remix for you. Um, yes, uh, uh, we did sing a lot during this episode. I don't think I recorded much of it. So, um, members of our Patreon viewing this, maybe viewing this on the replay, um, get to uh, enjoy Robin Purnell freestyle time. But that's all I've got today and next week. I don't think we have a topic selected yet, but we have plenty to choose from. Oh, yeah, definitely. If anything, we could wrap up the entire Summer of 16-bit with tracks that suggestions submitted by Curly Kevin, So, yeah, yeah. which we might just do. So we might have maybe one or two more weeks left of the summer, and then we might start to uh, wind it down. September 22nd. That's, that's the end of this, the last day of summer. Is it? The last day of summer, September 22nd. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. We'll see you next week. And remember, I didn't have one of these at one point, but then Rob spurred me on, so here you go. What? S- games. Uh. Everybody in their, everybody <laughs> Sorry, in their mom has a way in which they want to play their games. Yeah. Which is the way it is. Games are meant to be fun. We also have a way of liking to share and express our feelings on how people should play their games or the best optimal way to play their games. Uh, nothing wrong with it. I mean, people will express their feelings. That's what we do as humans. We like to share our thoughts and impressions because we care about each other and we want to share what makes us happy with others. With that said, there is no wrong way to have fun with video games unless that, as long as you're not eating Switch cartridges or something crazy like that. Uh, <laughs> play your yes, games. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, but as far as how you play your games, um, it's however you want. I mean, save states, do it. Easy mode, do it. Yeah. While eating grapes out of a cannon, do that too. If you got the Rube Goldberg machine feeding them to you, that's fantastic. And please share your share the video of that. That'd be awesome. But most important and thing worth expressing is there's no wrong way to have fun playing a video game. Just do what makes you happy. It's your free time. You should be enjoying it.